Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Do You Say Anime's Celebratory 100th episode. I am your host, Peter, and on today's episode, I'm going to be counting down my top 100 list. I'm doing this as a live stream, so we're going to have possibly people interacting on Twitch where I'm going to be answering their questions if they have any. Uh, people might hop in and out of Discord and might chime in on the show that I'm talking about. Who knows? It's only like a four-hour-long episode. We did the over/under in Discord at three and a half hours. So place your bets now, whether you think it's going to be over or under. Uh, so we're doing all of my top 100 anime. So at the time of this recording, I've seen about 550 anime completed, like 450. And how I do my rankings is essentially it's it's a pretty simple process. I use my Mal, uh, take like the tens, the shows I gave ten out of ten. And then rank them, take my nines, rank them, take my eights, rank them until I get to 100. And that's how I came up with this list. I updated essentially every quarter, unless I see like a movie in theaters, because sometimes that changes the list. But I usually update about once a quarter. This is updated as of today. So uh, it is September 13th. So the currently airing season is about two to three weeks away from being completed, which will probably be added to this list at some point. But as of right now, I'm just doing the shows that I have fully completed. So shows, I'm not going to mention them because I have like a review session. Those shows will be added to the list probably after. And I'll have like a list if you are interested in the links below. There's like a uh, social tree link. I have a list of my 100 uh, updated every like quarter and you can check it out there. So you can see what's been added and what hasn't been added. So... Without further ado, I think we should get this party started. Just want to give a shout out real quick before we start to co-host Miles, who got married over the weekend, and to Shillmaster Kayla, his lovely wife, who gave us a shout out in her wedding speech. So that was incredible. So um, just where this podcast has been over 100 episodes, starting as a passion project to now me flying to Massachusetts for a wedding has been an absolutely insane experience. And I feel like that's probably an episode for a podcast in the future. So... Shoutouts to the lovely couple. Best of luck to you and your marriage. But this is about anime. Let's let's talk about anime. Let's get to number 100. And like I said, this is 100 in one episode. I'm doing this in one shot. Some of these might be five seconds long. Some of these might be five minutes long. It all depends on the show. And it all depends on how I'm feeling at the moment. And if my voice is giving out. So, might need to use this early. Let's do this early now. Alright, we got some water. Let's start with the list. Number 100, we have Hitori Bochi. Uh, Hitori Bochi is a very just a fun show about a girl who's shy and wants to make friends. She becomes friends with like the tough girl in school and then progresses. Really fun slice of life. Uh, it's one of my favorite like styles of genres of just people having fun and doing the best they can. And Hitori Bochi is that show. Really big, real fun. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say like you should, I recommend this show because then I'm going to say it a hundred times because these are all in my top 100. So just assume I recommend all these shows to you. Hitori Boch, number 100. Number 99, we have How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. A really fun show. The fan service was pretty fun too in some instances. Uh, man, this show was just like a blast. I really wish I got a second season. It was pretty popular at the time, but... The manga's still going. I think there's a chance that we still might get a second season, but how heavier the dumbbells you lift. Just a fun show of cute girls lifting heavy things and just hijinks that uh, like occur from it. So, 99, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift? 
Number 98, and this has has in the discard put the over under on rants I would do at 40. Here's rant number one. Number 98 is only Clannad after story, not regular Clannad. I do not like regular Clannad at all. I think it's a very bad show. Clannad after story, on the other hand, is a very emotional and well thought out story. I think that you do need to watch. Whoa, why did it go to that? Whoa, there we go. I do think that you need to watch Clannad to watch Clannad After Story, which is kind of like the downfall of why I don't like Clannad, because After Story is just so good and and After Story is just like whatever. So 98, Clannad After Story. 97, Say I Love You. And romantic comedy about the shy, cute, quiet girl who gets into a relationship with the hot model of the school. Uh, pretty cliche, pretty stereotypical, like rom-com. I do think they do have, they do some really interesting things in the show, like showcase, like, um, kind of like pity sex is they have it in the show, which I thought was like an interesting touch on like rom-com where like, um, a girl doesn't get the guy that she wants. So she just like rebounds with like another dude. I don't think you see rebounding all that often in anime. Say I love you shows that I think that's one of the better things about the show that was cool um yeah say i love you 97 yeah pity sex um 96 decadence is if you had attack on titan mixed with the sh- the movie her the joaquin phoenix movie a very interesting take on just like a sci-fi adventure kind of an isekai it's all over the place it's a really interesting uh story if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend um, Decadence. It was it came out last year. It had one of the better uh, OPs from last year. I think it was my runner-up for OP of the year. Really great show. 96 is Decadence. 95, Maid-sama. Maid-sama introduced me to my first ever waifu in anime. I uh, I think she's like a, an upper echelon. There we go. Words are hard. Echelon uh, Sundere. I don't know why it keeps like switching back and forth like that. Um, Maitama just is one of the anime that got me into anime when I was just starting getting into it. I love the the silly romance, the um, just like the concept of her being poor and having to work a job, and so then the main character becomes a um, like a maid at a maid cafe. It's just a pretty funny, like, high school premise. It's an interesting show. I think it's fun. Um, a lot of people have problems with the main character, uh, the male main character. I thought he was fine. Usui, I think his name is. I thought it was a solid show. I like Maidsama a lot. That's my number 95. <gasps> 94, we have School Babysitters. Um, this show was such a delight to watch. I'm a big fan of, like, family aspects in anime and manga. And this was a really interesting family con- uh, like dynamic when um, it's the older brother. It's more focused on like the older brother and the younger brother. But the, the age difference is like 13 to 14 years. And I really like that dynamic of having that older brother looking out for his younger brother. Hijinks and, sh- and like insert uh, the care. The, all the baby characters are like really fun. It reminded me of like Rugrats kind of. Where, like, the kids do, like, silly, funny things. And just, I guess, growing up with Rugrats, it kind of, like, resonated with me. School Babysitter is a really good show. That's my number 94. 93 is Kimi Ni Todoke, or 
um, was it From Me to You? One of the most rewatched rom-coms I've ever seen in my life. I love Kimini Tadoke. If I could ever find like the English manga in print, I probably would buy it. Uh, similar to Say I Love You, the shy, cute girl gets together with the popular boy. This has other dynamics as well, like bullying. Uh, she ends up being like really good friends. I don't know. I don't know why it just keeps randomly flickering back. Um, really fun moments with like the entire cast of characters, kind of like Lovely Complex as well, where that was like instead of being like uh, popular and shy, it was like the height difference. This is like the shy and popular mixed together. Really fun dynamics. Kimi Doke, I loved it. Uh, 92 is The Devil is a Part-Timer. Can't wait for Season 2. Such a fun isekai. Uh, the Devil is reborn. Not reborn, but gets, gets teleported into this world. If you're watching Jahe from this season, it's pretty much that. Except it's better. Uh, one of the most, like, asked Season 2s in anime history. And it's just, like, really fun. Naruto, like... I, we got a Twitch question. What, where's Naruto and Cowboy Bebop on my list? Naruto is the best anime ever made. Therefore, it can't be on a list because it's like immeasurable. Cowboy Bebop, you're only a real anime fan if you've ever seen Cowboy Bebop. If you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, you're not a real anime fan. Back to Devil's a Part-Timer. Really fun dynamic. Um, I bought all the manga. Let me grab some of these volumes here. I got like all these volumes here. Love the manga. It's real fun. Season 2 is going to be interesting because they kind of shift the tone a little bit. So, 92, Devil's a Part-Timer. 91, Quintessential Quintuplets. Uh, Harem is one of my least favorite genres in anime, and Quince makes it super fun. I had a blast watching this, especially Season 2, with the shift from me switching my favorite girls from Miku to Nino. I didn't see that coming, so that made that show super fun. Love the girls, love the cast. It's real fun, real colorful, real bright. Um, just like an overall, just like a fun show. Nothing, I mean, is it groundbreaking? It's groundbreaking for me because I don't like harems and I like thoroughly enjoyed the series. So groundbreaking for me, maybe not groundbreaking for the community. Actually, probably not groundbreaking at all. 90, Miss Teasing Master Takaki-san. Uh, part of the big, the new big three with Takagi um uzaki-chan and nagatoro and takagi is the ringleader of the new big three just a really fun slice of life i'm actually reading the spin-off manga of this where the two main characters get married and have a kid such a cute story such a cute show in general real fun like light-hearted comedy just about teasing each other when you're kids so great show takagi's on uh 89 is the seven deadly sins and i have to be specific with this uh, how old are these characters? In season one, they are elementary. Season two, they are in middle school. And then in the spinoff, they're like in their 30s. So, uh, yeah. So back to 89. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, the first two seasons, thought the series was a bunch of fun. And then they kind of just shit the bed with it. I really enjoyed a lot of the cast members. I didn't really like Meliodas, but I thought Bond was like an S-tier character. I loved him. Diane was great. King was great. Uh, the fact that they rode around on a giant pig was cool. Nothing like... I thought it was just like a really fun show to watch, and I really didn't like where they went with it. Chin, thank you for the sub. And yeah, only the first two seasons. When they released that Netflix movie is when it like really started to go downhill for me, and then... They had the production issues, and then this season's 
uh, Seven Deadly Sins was like the least watched seasonal. So it's pretty funny how far from grace it fell. But the first two seasons I loved of Seven Deadly Sins, so that's why it's on my list. Uh, next up, 88 is One Punch Man. Only season one. I don't think season two is bad. I Season one was just phenomenal. It was such a fun ride. I think it's one of those shows where the manga is just like on another level where you need to like go watch or go read the manga because it's one of the best art in like manga going on right now and maybe ever. But season one was just hilarious. It was so, it was so much fun. It was a great introduction for people to get into anime. I thought it was like a very fun introduction to anime. I could show this to like so many other people and they could get most of the jokes, even though it does parry Shonen a lot. Um, it was still like an enjoyable watch for most people. And you got some waifu, so that's always a plus. 87, whoops. 87 is called Knights of Sindonia. It's on Netflix. A lot of people are turned off because it's CG. I think the story is phenomenal. Um, essentially what it is, is civilization. There's like one group of people in civilization left in the world. They are all living on like a fortress on a floating asteroid. I hate Google sometimes. They're all living on an asteroid and there's like a, a threat. They have to fight giant mechas and stuff like that. It's a really fun show. I loved it. We're getting a movie this year to finish, I believe. I think it's like three seasons in a movie. I'm a big fan of Nice at Sidonia. That's 87. 86, uh, The Sleepy Princess and the Demon Castle. One of the most cozy, fun anime I've ever watched. It's pretty close to like laid back camp tier in terms of like comfiness, cozy. Um, essentially what it is is a princess gets kidnapped. And when she gets kidnapped, all she wants to do is sleep. And hijinks, in, uh, hijinks happen. Uh, she essentially, she's like a, a, a prime hostage. So like they can't like do anything to her. So she's, she's able to just run free throughout the castle and cause mayhem. It's a really fun show. 85 Dr. Stone. I thought season one was fantastic. I thought the second core of season one was phenomenal. Season two was a little bit of like a turndown. I wasn't the biggest fan of season two, but Dr. Stone is an overall just like a very fun show, a unique take on the Shonen styles that we have going on right now. I think it's very unique. I think some of the chemistry stuff that they do is really fun. It's just overall like a really fun show. Uh, Senku is hit or miss for me. I really enjoyed him season one. Season two was kind of a turnoff. And then new characters started showing the light that I liked. Really enjoyed Chrome in season two. Uh, looking forward to season three that we're getting. I think it's a, it might be a movie. I don't think they announced it, but it seems like it's going to be a movie. First water break. Here we go. We got through 15 without a water break. All right, let's go. 84, Wonder Egg Priority. Here we go. Rant number two. I thought the show was phenomenal. I almost say it was super hot take. I think this had, I think in my eyes, this could have been the best anime ever made. Um, how it handled topics about girls while I'm a man, I thought resonated like immensely. And I just can't even like imagine being a girl and how the themes hit you. I loved Wonder Egg Priority. It just fell down the hole so hard. The there, there's like production issues. It sound from what I was reading, the show was supposed to be 24 episodes. 
Uh, they broke it up into cores. The first core went over poorly because the director got hospitalized twice, which caused production issues, which if you remember watching it while it was airing, airing as, as a seasonal, we got like a recap episode in the middle and it didn't make any sense. We, then we find out later it's because the director is in the hospital. They had to put out content and then it, the second core got scrapped. They were able to make like a final episode to wrap up the story, which added just more questions and it was just a huge, huge downfall, but it doesn't take away from what I felt when I was watching it as a seasonal. I loved it. I still, I still think I would recommend it just because there's so many great things about the show that I, that just touched me. I think, especially if you're a girl, I think it touches like, like really interesting concepts that aren't talked about in anime. Like, not only rape, but getting pregnant from it. Uh, I thought the depression and how they handled that was really well. Uh, like loss of a loved one, loss of like a friend, loss of a sibling. I thought those were handled like fantastic. And it, I mean, it has like fight of the year in this show too. Uh, the OP and the ED are just amazing. I love Wonder Egg Priority. I guess I just hate like what happened to it more than like the actual show and that's why it's 84 but honestly this could have been like one of my favorite anime of all time if only i hope it gets a reboot someday i hope they adapt like the screenplay into a, like a manga or a light novel i would that would probably be the first light novel i would ever read because i love this story so much i just hope that we get the content in another form someday down the road all right, Wonder Egg. Uh, 83, Odd Taxi from this year. I think it's a lock for an anime of the year contender. If you're a fan of Knives Out, it is the Knives Out of anime. Just a, just a, such a fun mystery. If you are interested in mine or the group, the Discord, the podcast, we did a full episode on Odd Taxi not too long ago. If you're interested, go check that out, but... Odd Taxi, super fun show. I was, it, it took me a little bit to get hooked. I think watching this, I was watching it as a seasonal, and I think that was why I didn't get hooked because this is like a binge show. Watching it week to week was hard. Then when I rewatched it and I watched the first like six episodes, it was so much easier to watch. And I think this is only going to get better at like in time. I think we're seeing it in the Mal rankings as well. As more and more people are watching this for the first time, the, the scores are going up because it's such a great show to binge. Odd Taxi 83. 82 is a show called Kono Oto Tamare. It is, it's a little under the radar because it sort of aired when Sound Euphonium was airing and that was the music anime. Kono Oto Tamare, I think is a better Sound Euphonium. Really interesting um, music choice they play the traditional instrument the kono which is like a laid down harp with like 9 to 13 strings it's like a team sport uh has like romantic elements in it but I, I just think like the characters are great the dialogue that they have between like club members are fantastic they have like the if you were ever in like a club or a sport for school meeting new people but sharing the same passion kind of like led me to have like some of my best friends and this is kind of like the same way where like these groups of people 
that joined the Kono Club aren't like friends to begin with, but when they join the club, you see the interactions based off their passion. Love that dynamic. Kono Ototomari, 82, 81. Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun. Just got announced, I believe, yesterday that we're getting a season three. This is Saturday morning, the cartoon or the anime. Just pure fun. The drama is like really lighthearted, and it just seems like what would be the drama in a Saturday morning cartoon where it's just like, oh no, the evil bad guy is coming. Let's have Irima save him. I don't know. Shit like that. It's a really fun show. Water break number two. Gotta beat Pat. I, I gotta do all these. 80. My love story. Um, another dynamic in romance where the characters are polar opposites. And this one is polar opposites in terms of size. Big boy likes small girl. They like each other. They start dating. It's real fun. I love my love story. Check it out. 79. Shinsekai Yori. Uh, a very popular show when it aired. Not really talked about now. If you're, it's like a, we compared it a lot. We just got done watching Elf and Lead. I think this is like a way better version of Elf and Lead. Uh, psychics, dystopian universe, or dystopian future, uh, race, wars t- type of thing, like mutants. It's really hard to explain if you haven't seen it. I love the concept of relieving stress through sex was a hilarious concept that I've never seen in anime and like was like a focal point of like their society. Really great show. I highly recommend Shitsukai Yuri for most, for a lot of people. Uh, 78 interview with monster girls. What a hilarious show that I thought was going to be just hot garbage. Uh, succubus senpai is a S tier waifu. The main male teacher is just a great, like, glue to the whole dynamic of this. It's like a world where there are monster girls, like, they make up, like, less than, like, 1% of the universe. And they have, like, their own problems interacting with normal day, like, the normal day world. So one girl is a vampire. One girl is, like, a frost woman. And we have, there's a bunch of other ones, but... It's just like their dynamic being a, just like a normal high school girl show with that dynamic. 77 High Score Girl. A, I love this show from Netflix. Uh, it showcased like the fighting game scene in Japan in like the early 90s. Along with finding somebody that you like and then eventually love through the same passion. Super fun game or super fun show about like video games and the relationships you form through that, whether it's relationships, friends, enemies, rivals, it's just a fun show. 76 Bakuman, a show about making manga. This show was just so lighthearted and fun. The main character wants to make a manga and eventually turn it into an anime. So the girl who he likes, who wants to be a voice actress can voice act in his anime. And it's just like their relationships through making manga and trying to make an anime. It's a really fun show. It wasn't shown in Jump a while back, but it's just, it's kind of a unique show. I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of shows about making manga. Bakuman's probably the best. 75, Black Clover. Um, love Black Clover. I hated the first 45 episodes. 
I think the first 45 episodes are straight hot dog water. And then they changed Asta from being a screaming moron to just being a moron, which was a plus decision on their part. I'm a big fan of the magic system. I like how they level up and the pages get added in their grimoire or whatever it's called. And then based off, it's kind of Deus Ex Machina, but it's a shonen, so shocking there's Deus Ex Machinas in it. It's just a fun show. I enjoyed the cast a lot, minus the chick who wants to fuck his sister. Not a big fan of that guy. Yami's goaded, Noel's goaded, Nero's goaded, Asa kind of sucks. But overall, most of the cast is really fun, and I'm a big fan of Black Clover. At 75, 74 is Paprika. Or Inception, the anime. If you ever seen Inception, and you want to see an anime form of it, check out Paprika. You, know, you ever seen the movie Inception? Guess what it's based off of? This movie, Paprika. Real fun. Go in the dream. See what happens. 73. Keep your hands off of Aizoken. One of the best directed anime I've ever seen in my entire life. It's about a... Sh- oh, I just talked about Bakuma, about them making manga. This show's about making manga as well. Um, well, not manga. I guess they do, like, the storyboards. Okay, in Bakuma, they do storyboards as well. So that's kind of like the comparison. But I guess there is, is more making the anime. Love Aizoken. Hilarious cast. Um, I believe her name is Kanamore. She won my best girl of the year last year. Just a hilarious cla- hilarious cast. The dynamic between them is fantastic. Just so good. Check out Aizoken if you haven't already. 72 is Mononoke. And not Princess Mononoke. Just Mononoke. It is five short stories into one season. He's like a dream devil. Um, it's really hard to explain without spoiling it because some of the stories are like two episodes long. If you're a fan of like storytelling with a mix of like horror, this is a good one. Mononoke at 72. 71, Asagao to Kasei-san. This is my favorite Yuri Super lighthearted, a really fun dynamic about girls kind of coming to terms and realizing that they're lesbians and just like, kind of like when the stove is hot and you want to touch it to see if it's hot or not. That's kind of like how I view like their relationship is like, they're trying to like touch, like figure out the boundaries of being in this style of a relationship. I thought it was handled really well. It's super lighthearted. There's like minimal drama. It's mostly about them like coming to terms of who they are and trying to figure it out together. I'm a big fan. 70. Love this show. Uh, D4DJ. Probably my favorite idol show of all time. Uh, this show was an absolute blast. I love the characters. Their group Happy Around was just such a fun dynamic that they they essentially based their entire DJing squad about having fun. And so they're called Happy Around. There's a bunch of other, like, cute idol girls in the show as well. But, I mean, it's like EDM, the idol show. Really interesting concept. I had a blast. I watched the YouTube. They had, like, a one-minute YouTube show afterwards, which was not as good. I'm really hoping for a season two because that sells, like, hotcakes in Japan. So... Hopefully we get more D4DJ. That's at 70. Number 69. Nice. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai and the movie. Love, love the movie. I thought the show was good. Thought it started good and then got worse as it went on. But still a fantastic show. Mai is forever goaded in waifu history. Not much to say other than I really enjoyed it. 
it was more it was more topical when things when the show was coming out. But I'm a big fan. I love it. That's why I put it at 69, 68. Carol and Tuesday, um, from the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, did a show about American Idol on Mars about two girls named Carol and Tuesday. I think this has a top five soundtrack in anime history. I love Dancing Laundry, which is a song that they improved about doing laundry. And it sh- I feel like it just ties in with how the show just handled itself. Really fun. I like the lo- the small hints of politics. And then the ending song, Mother, was such a great way to conclude the show. It's They do like a take on... If you're like a kid of the 90s or 80s, or if you just know pop culture, when they did the We Are The World song, they do that in this called Mother. It's wonderful. 67, Hioka, a Kyoto animation masterpiece. I fucking love Hioka so much. The only bad thing about the show is that I need more content because the cliffhanger at the end of the season was so good. Uh, it's about a club who solves like miss I'll put mysteries in quotations. At the end, they actually do solve like a legit mystery. But it's just like kids doing fun stuff together and f- solving mysteries. It's like playing like playing house when you're a kid, but this time being in a club and solving mysteries. Love Chitanda. Uh, I'm not gonna zoom my camera, but I have a I have a Hioka wall scroll on my on my wall back there. Huge fan of Hioka. It's so much fun. If you are if you're a fan of mysteries, you should check out Hioka. Uh, number 66. This is Berserk 97 and the movies. I lumped them together because they tell the exact same story. It's just the golden age. One's in movie form and the other is in um, like series form. Obviously, if you know me, I love Berserk. I have like my shrine behind me. I have guts tattooed on my arm. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid adaptation of the golden age arc. The only reason why it's like not higher is it's only the golden age. Berserk 2016 and 17 do not exist. They are not real animes. If you mention that in my Discord, you get banned. Kidding, but I hate how they just ruin Berserk because I, to me, it's the greatest piece of fiction ever written, and it's just a, it's just, re, it's just a really well done adaptation of Berserk. I do recommend it to people. Obviously, if you can read it, you should. But I do think the movies and the show do a very good job at telling the same arc. If I had to pick one or the other, I mean, they both have, like, their qualities to it. I think Berserk's 97 OST is a top five of all time. The theme of Guts, if you've ever seen that meme, the, like, I don't want to be horny anymore meme or song or whatever, that's from that's from Berserk 97, Water Break number three. And it's just a great show. Uh, and Or movie. It's on Netflix if you haven't seen it yet. 65. Uh, Fate's Day Unlimited Blade Works. Haven't seen Heaven's Feel yet. I will eventually. I'm a, I am I like the, the mainstream Fates. Unlimited Blade Works was really... It was it was really well done. I, I have a bit... I know a lot of people have qualms with it, but I just... I really enjoy the lore of Fate. I really enjoy the characters. Rin got to shine a lot more in this. And... um. I don't like Saber as much, but compared to Zero, but it's just really well done. And I'm a big fan of Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, 64, New Game. 
new game is a if you like cute this is like you like a cute adult girls doing cute adult girl things this is new game it's about a all girls or all female uh video game developed company and they create video games hence the name new game kind of has the wotakoi thing of like the office interactions i think it does it better though there's like some yuri baiting in the show which is kind of like whatever but overall i thoroughly enjoy the show i wish i got a third season the manga is like just ending now and it's just a show that when i watched i thought it was going to be like really bad and i thoroughly enjoyed most of it new game 63 neon genesis evangelion plus end of eva the to me it's the most influential anime ever made inspired so much inspired essentially the reason why we have waifus and waifu debates uh we did like an episode on deconstruction in anime neon genesis is referenced a lot there's so many things about end of eva end of eva and just neon justice in general just an incredible show if you haven't seen it it's i think to me this is like a must watch in the anime community I don't think Cowboy Bebop is. Wink. Neon Jess is so good. End of Eva. I waited two years to watch End of Eva, which was such a mistake because when I finished it, I was like, the show is so fucking batshit crazy. I love it. And End of Eva just like solidified it. Uh, 3.0 plus 1.0 came out about a month ago. Still need to watch that. And when I do, I'll probably update it because it's probably, I watched the first movie and it was like a nine. I thought it was really well done. Uh, So Eva 63, 62 is prison school. Got my manga here. Prison school. The show is fucking insane. I love prison school. It does etchy for comedy. I think the best in anime. Uh, just like pissing your pants is they don't really show that in anime and this show they do like a lot, which can get pretty repulsive at some moments. But for the most part, I found this show to just be an absolute, just, just a fuck fest. It's like the only way to describe it. It's all over the place. If you're watching the visuals of this, it's just them posing behind a giant pair of tits. That's what prison school is, but it's... If you're a fan of, like, fart jokes, you'll love Prison School. 61, Nan Nan Biori. One of my favorite slice of life of all time. Season 3 was so well done. It's... I probably will rewatch it at some point. It was, it was so fun. It's about girls living in rural Japan. And, like, a lot of their families are, like, farmers and stuff like that. And then just, like what you do in rural Japan because there's not a whole lot to do so you have to like make up everything and have have an imagination and have fun with what you got and that's what Nanabiori is 60 we did Mononoke before Princess Mononoke at 60 my only real qualm with Princess Mononoke is the forced romance in the show I really didn't and really didn't like how the two characters at the end are like kind of hinted at having a relationship when it's not needed for the theme of the show, which is like, stop killing the planet. <coughs> Water break four. I thought that was just like really forced and unnecessary, but 
for the most part, the message of Princess Mononoke and just everything involved with it was wonderful. 59, wolf children. What do you do if you're a single mom raising two wolf children? Uh, it's, what's up, man? Um, wolf children just enjoyed, I just enjoyed like the family lifestyle of being a single mom and the, just the trials. I, I don't know if it's like a metaphor that their, their children are like wolves because they're like running crazy but i mean her kids are legit half wolves they're like lichens i think they're called wonderful story i i loved wolf children that's 59 58 yuri on ice who doesn't like yuri on ice i got here are my four yuri on ice funko pops sitting behind me loved it it's one of it's my number two op of all time the fact that the op is drawn by one person is just absolutely batshit crazy it's so well done. Yuri on Ice. One of the things that we found out that I loved about Yuri on Ice is that it's a promotional anime for the city that Yuri is from. And I feel like that's not, like, stressed at all in the show, but it is. Uh, I mean, Yuri on Ice, if you haven't seen it, probably the most iconic yaoi behind, like, Boku no Pico. It's, it's up there. I ain't given, but yeah, you're and I so good. 57, Yamada Kun and the Seven Witches. Fucking love Yamada Kun and the Seven Witches. It's a story about a, about Yamada, who is just a normal dude, happens to the cliche trip over, fall on top of a girl. But this time when they do the kiss, they swap bodies. And then when they swap bodies, shit happens. It's such a fun romance. It's such a fun mystery and comedy. The girls are all... They have their own dynamic and it's super fun. I loved Yamanaku and the Seven Witches. It's... One thing I like about the anime compared to the manga... Is in the manga they make it sort of a harem. Where in the anime he like picks a girl. And it's the best girl by a mile. And goes with it. And I was a huge fan of that. And I'm really glad they didn't go the harem route when they easily could have gone the harem route in this show. In the in the anime. I'm glad they did it. 56, Wotokoi. Give me more adult romances, please. Wotokoi is super fun. I got my manga right here. Yes, I do. Wotokoi. Love it. Let me put it back before I forget. There we go. Uh... We did it. We did an anime club episode on this where some of the people didn't enjoy the romance because like it wasn't there because the, as adults you would think they would be more assertive, doing more adult things. Where this one they seemed like they had a really hard time just like kissing each other and you know talking like adults. We do get a, it's way better in the manga, but in the anime I can see that. But to me, I just love, like, the nerdy aspect of it as being a giant fucking weeb, as you can't tell. I was a huge fan of the show and, like, the romance involved with it and just the hijinks that happen. 55, ReZero. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of, like, where it ranks in the Isekai rankings. It's up there. Season 2, both parts were so well done. Not, like, a whole lot to say that have hasn't already been said Rem is best girl. All you Amelia Sims, GTFO. Subaru went from being one of my least favorite characters from season one to 
having one of the best glow-ups in character development from season one to season two. Really enjoy Subaru now. Cast is fun. I love, like, the gore. I wish they did the time loops a little bit better because when people say that Subaru doesn't have a power and he has, like, the most broken power of all time, it's there. You should use it. He doesn't. Um, shout out to all my Higurashi fans. But I still thoroughly enjoy ReZero. It's really good. 55. 54. Old Maidens in your Savage Season. Nobody talks about this show anymore. It was kind of popular when it aired. Um, it was nominated for a Crunchyroll Anime of the Year in 2019. Like this because it, it, it follows five different girls and their how they view romance. Like one girl wants to get laid ASAP. One girl is trying to figure out how to like get the boy next door to like her. One girl is like with the megaphone is like against dating but falls for somebody. Uh, the girl with the white hair has like her own issues with being a child actor. And the other girl is a lesbian and she doesn't know how to convey it. Really cool dynamic. Like that dynamic between the five girls was really interesting. Haven't seen it much in anime. If you've seen the show, the scene where she catches the dude that she likes masturbating and she doesn't know how to take it. So she just starts running away is, and it's just everywhere she's going is just filled with sexual innuendos and she can't get it out of her mind while she's trying to escape. It is hilarious. Amazing. You savage season 53, Tony Kawa, uh, fly me to the moon. It was a recent, more recently aired anime. I think it came out last year. God, the OP in the show is so well done. Kind of like a silly, dumb concept for the show where, like, they just meet and it's like, well, if you want to be with me, you got to marry me. But they're adults and they are so cute together. I love their dynamic. The marriage actually kind of makes sense as the story goes on. It was forced in, like, episode one where you're like, what? But then as the story continues, it gets so much better. The art is, like, the only bad thing about this this story. I don't think it makes a difference on how good the show is, but I know people have been turned off based off of the basic art style of Tony Kawa. But fuck the haters, man. This show is great. 52, real life. Uh, My current waifu, and she has been my waifu for like three plus years, is from real life. Chizuru, the adult version. Uh, Real life. It hits on a lot of notes. It's, you know, when you are mid-20s, late-20s, wishing you could maybe do stuff in your past a little different, that's what re-life is. And you get the opportunity to go back and kind of re-experience that stuff. And it was just so well done where, like, the mistakes you made as a young adult shape you to the person that you are now and then being 30 as I am, it like just hit really hard. Cause it's like, yeah, you know what? That relationship I was in at the time, I thought it was like the end of the world, but now looking back at it and seeing who I am, like I'm better off for it. And it's shit like that. And there are different characters where they have like their own reasons for being in this real life program And this all makes you realize that you can't go back and change your past. But what you can do is change 
where you are right now in life. And that's what you need to focus on. Not looking back and thinking about what went wrong, but thinking about what you can do right. I thought that was just like a fantastic message that Real Life sent. Huge fan of Real Life. Number 52. 51 is Mia. I got my Mia manga right here. I think the anime did a really good job at handling the manga for the amount of episodes it was allocated. Um, let's not do that, Google. And I love some of the dynamics. I'm a big fan that they showed that the main characters in a relationship where they love each other and have sex and like the emotional bond that causes because when you are 17 18 and you have sex for the first time it can be a massive deal like are you doing it with somebody you love or are you doing it with somebody to just do it and in Horimiya's case it's with the people they love each other and it's an emotional you see that emotional growth between the two from being boyfriend and girlfriend to being like lovers and being more than just a high school romance and seeing a future with them and stuff like that. Um, the, the anime doesn't showcase, I'll put that way, the side characters where I believe the side characters are really well done in the manga. Uh, Saki, the girl with like a huge like sweatshirt that she wears all the time is my favorite character. All right, we're on water break five. We still, we're, I think we're doing all right. We're about to be halfway there, and we're at five water breaks, so not too bad. Hopefully, we can last the rest of the time, and my voice doesn't go out. So, we're halfway there. Let's start. Here we go. Top 50. Number 50. We have both free. This show was, if not the most fun I've ever watched watching an anime. The show was ridiculous. It was silly. I thought Maple was just a out of control character, and I fell in love with Bulfury. I've rewatched it. Th I've rewatched it twice because I got a dub, and I wanted to see the dub. The sub is better, but it's still just a ridiculous show. We're getting a second season in twenty twenty two, so I'm cannot cannot wait for that because I think it's gonna go way up the list when I'm done with season two. Where this might be like a top 30 show. It's about a girl playing video games, does stupid shit, and she wins. She's essentially like the most overpowered character based off doing like the most random stuff. And I love that concept. Because in MMOs, sometimes the most broken things are things you never would have expected. And I love that about Bofuri. It's so much fun. If you're a fan of like Isekais and you haven't seen Bofuri, you need to watch it. Oh, this is going to get controversial. Yep. This is where we go. 49, your name. Makoto Shinkai made this brilliant movie. I love your name. It's I've, I've seen it a few times. I wish I saw it in theaters. And I think that's why my next one is one spot higher than your name. There's one other reason. But Radwimps doing the soundtrack was just incredible it did so many things right that 
it's hard to like put in words without saying it. The I love you scene on the hand was great. The story was really fun. The thread of the red thread of fate and their length with each other was really fun. I had an absolute blast watching this movie. 48 though is another Makoto Shinkai movie. And that's Weathering With You. So I have them both ranked the same. So I had to try to think about why I like Weathering With You more than your name. And by the smallest of margins, the reason why I like Weathering With You more than your name is The Great... The Grand Escape? Great, now I'm a butcher at The Great Escape. No, that's the throw it away. Um, So it's when they're falling through the clouds and that rad whip song comes out and i i get so happy watching that scene that i almost cry it's really hard for me to cry in anime so when that scene happened it just like i was like this is this is fucking this is so good this is pure gas weathering with you is such a great movie and so is your name they're both they're one two they're one a one b for makoto shinkai Love it. 47. We have another movie. Spirited Away, my favorite Ghibli film. I watched this when I was... The first time I watched this, I was a kid. And it scared the shit out of me. And then I watched this when I was an adult. And it kind of scared the shit out of me. It's... It is something else. It's such a fun, all-over-the-place movie. I love the supernatural elements of it. I love the story and how it progresses with her family turning into pigs and then her finding her own way. It, there's a reason why it's like the only animated, the only, is it the only, no, maybe it is. I think it's like the only animated film to win the Oscar for best animation or for best like animated film. Water Break 6. Yeah, so that was... Spirit Away, 46, the Tatami Galaxy. This is foreshadowing the anime. I had a blast putting the pieces together with this. I still need to watch The Night is Short Walk-On Girl because Miles gives me shit for not watching it. And I promised him I would watch it this week because I'm on vacation. And I will. Tatami Galaxy, college student. It's so hard to explain without if you haven't seen it. Likes a girl, different stories happen, different puzzle pieces end up all coming together and making this incredible story. The Tatami Galaxy at 46. 45, Grimgar. Whew. What? What a great, great show Grimgar is. So the entire background of Grimgar is done in watercolors. It's so unique. And it also touches on something that's not done in Isekai very well, if not ever. And that's when people get Isekai into the world, not knowing how the world works and being just awful at it. I wish it's a light novel and they only adapted three manga volumes because I feel like this could have been something special. It just didn't get the popularity. I feel like if it came out now, it would be way more popular. It's it's an incredible isekai. I love Grimgar so much. 44, Tower of God. 
this got a lot of mixed reviews when it came out. I've read about 200 chapters of the web novel. I thought it was a pretty well adaptation. I just love the concept of Tower of God. It's so much fun. The cast is incredible. Um, because of Rachel, we have a Discord rule where we say fuck Rachel. Like, uh, Rack, the alligator thing, dude, is such a amazing character. I just, the whole mystery behind the tower is so well done. Their power system is incredible. It reminds me a lot of Nen. It's one of the best power systems in, like, stories. It's incredibly well done. I love Tower of God. I think it is confirmed that we are getting a second season. That was announced, like, a while ago, but I haven't heard anything since. This was, like, pre-COVID, so... Don't really know where the status of season two of Tower of God stands, but I was a huge fan of Tower of God. Uh, 43 Promare. A little biased on this one because I saw it in a 4K theater and it just blew my fucking mind. And still to this day, I think it has the best like color palette and animations in anime history. It's so well done, Trigger. It is very Gurren Lagann-esque, like without a doubt. Water Break 7. The main character looks exactly like Kamina. And it, it's there. This It's so high up on my list for me because of the technical aspects of it rather than, like, the enjoyment and the actual story. It's just, it was a, I thought it was just like a, like a well-crafted masterpiece of like cinematography, if that makes any sense. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. 42, Fate Zero, the best fate ever made. Um, also, I think it's the best piece of ufotable work um, in terms of like visuals and story. Damn, now I'm like reconsidering stuff, but I've, I loved Fate Zero. Uh, I got my Saber figure up. I'm not going to grab it, but I got Saber. I fell in love with her. Gilgamesh Rider. Uh, Sorcerer, so well done in Fate, in Fate Zero. Love the Fate franchise. It was just a great series. And if you haven't seen Fate Zero, you lived under a rock because Fate Zero rocks. 41, Hinamatsuri. Uh, another unique family dynamic show. Mixing Yakuza with Aliens was pretty unique in how they handled the story. We had the comedy with Hina and then we got like some serious moments with the other cast and then we go back to the joking moments with her friend being a bartender and it's all over the place. Hina Monstry was such a joy. I bought the manga. I haven't read it yet. But sitting in my bookshelf, like half of my manga that I purchased. Hina Monastery is just... It's like um, it's like Mob Psycho in terms of just the ridiculousness. But also having those heartwarming moments where you're like... Damn, like, what am I watching? I thought this was a comedy and like... I'm on the verge of crying now. That's Hina Monastery. It's so good. 40... Demon Slayer, we talked about Ufotable before, talking about Ufotable again. Not the biggest Shonen fan, but I thought Demon Slayer was really well done. 
uh, was a huge fan of Tanjiro. Not a huge fan. I was a big fan of Tanjiro. I thought that he had a very interesting way of handling the concept of... Well, it's not even a concept. Just his family getting murdered and wanting revenge. It shows a realistic approach of having talent, but at the same time learning. And he fails a lot. Almost dies a lot. Um, the guy with the boar's head... Yeah, I'm speeding through this. The guy with the boar's head... I forgot his name off the top of my head just because I'm talking so much. Is such a fun character. He, especially in the movie, he's great. He was probably like my favorite part of the movie. He's my favorite character in the show. We're getting season two in a month. So I'm looking forward to more Demon Slayer. 39, Vivi, from this year. Similar to Odd Taxi, I think that this is a lock for an anime of the year contender. It's a combination of Terminator, iRobot, and I'm trying to think of like a music show, but Vivi was so, so well done with Studio, who will be on this list further with some other shows, knocked it out of the park with Vivi. The animations and like the music was how they like how they incorporated music in to the plot of like destruction was just next level where the foreshadowing of episode one getting tied into like episode 10 with just like a simple song and then seeing that song played in like the moments of utter chaos makes so much sense if you haven't seen it it seems like i'm just talking on my ass but like if you've seen it you know what i'm saying vivi is so well done Top three from this year so far, I think. And it's my number 39. 38, Jujutsu Kaisen. Massive surprise on how well Jujutsu Kaisen was handled. I had a lot of fun watching it. I like the more serious dynamic of, like, the high schooler superpowers compared to, like, My Hero, where that one is more, like, fun... And you never think that they're in trouble. So, like, the the thought of a threat is, like, non-existent in that show for me. Where in Jujutsu Kaisen, the main character, like, dies in episode two. And then you have to see, like, the sacrifice he takes in order. It's not even, like, a sacrifice. It's, like, he's, like, forced to, like, be who he is now. And the power dynamics with everybody. Gojo. I got my little Gojo figure right here. Uh, took the world by the anime world by storm, I believe, this year. He's like, he's like the top. He was like the top husbando, best boy, everything. Gojo's really dope. I'm a big fan of him. And just the show in general was a really enjoyable experience. It makes sense why it sold like 50 million copies. We're getting a prequel movie. We're getting, we're, I don't think it's confirmed, but I'd be shocked if we didn't get a second season of Jujutsu Kaisen just because it's selling like hotcakes. And that's why it's my number 38. 37. I have the movie somewhere on my desk. Hold on one second. There it is. Summer Wars takes a. You'll see this theme of, oh, no, I, uh, 
That's, I hit the escape button. You'll see the the theme of family being mentioned a lot in why I like the show. And this also incorporates another thing I love is video games. So it incorporates those two things into a hilarious, heartwarming, um, just story. And, enca- and incorp- encapsulate, that's the word, encapsulates like the th- the the themes of being there for your family in like the worst times like even when you're at each other's throats that you're still blood that type of stuff but also having like these hilarious and visually stunning video game moments and trying to essentially save their part of Japan from devastation it's crazy i love how summer wars like handles the two and they're like the like really minor romance was just like um the touch I was looking for in like shows like this with like the two like kids that are like no I'm scared and they finally do it. I love it. Summer Wars 37, 36, Zombie Land Saga. I did say D4DJ was my favorite idol show of all time. This is technically an idol show. However, it parodies a lot of it. Man. I maybe just list everything I love about Zombieland Saga. The cast is so well done. I love Tay. She's my girl. Especially this season. She was so well, so well done. Lily, with her scat performance, was just the best. Sakura being like the leader, well, not anymore, she's not the leader, but just everybody together. It, we we did get everybody's backstory this season. And just how season two ended was fucking batshit crazy. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but man, season two ended on a what the fuck moment where I literally took a walk after watching the finale of season two. It was, it was something. I love Zombieland Saga. I hope we get a conclusion. I think like a movie would suffice. I don't think we necessarily need a season three. And I, I do think that we are going to get it down the road. I, I think the difference between season one and season two is like two and a half years. So maybe next year we hear something about it, but we'll see. It's an original, so it's a, and it's Mappa. So whatever Mappa wants to do, I guess we have to wait because they're doing Chainsaw Man. They're doing AOT, the final season. They got some stuff on their hands. So it wouldn't surprise me if we have to wait for a conclusion on this. But Zombieland Saga just takes idols and makes it fun. And they didn't have to be idols to make the show work. I think it's just like the cherry on top of what this cast does and how well they do it. We're we're doing Water Break 8. But we're going to do this. 36, Zombieland Saga. 35, The Disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. And this is the movie only. I have qualms with the series. Especially The Endless Eight. On paper, I think The Endless Eight is a hilarious concept. However, watching The Endless Eight was so boring 
and I didn't know about the Endless Eight about until like after the fact where I wish I would just watch like episode one and then ep- or in the in the series of the Endless Eight. I wish I watched the first part and the last part and I would have got it because every episode is essentially the same. Miles is calling me a coward. Like I said, it's art on paper. Watching it was it was a chore. But we're talking about the movie. We're talking about the movie of the disappearance of Harley Suzumiya. I honestly think that if I rewatched it, I would raise my score. I think I was hurt by what Haruhi did to me in the series and with the Endless Eight that I put this movie at a nine. The more I think about it, I think it's probably it's probably a ten. And that's the beauty of my list, that I can change it whenever I want. I think I'll go back and rewatch it sometime, but the movie was the movie was so good. It was like three hours long and everyone's like, it's so long. And I watched it and it felt like it was like ten minutes because it was Everything about it was great. I love the mystery. I love how... I love the fact that Harley is like a god and they're just like living in this world and Yuki's an alien. It's just shit like that is so cool about Harley that... The light novel is coming... The light novel came back. Man, how great would it be if we got like a reboot or another season of this? Or just yeah, just give me another movie. I don't need a I don't need a season or anything like that. I, I need more movies of Harui because the movie was something special. I one of the best anime movies ever made. It's it's that good. Harley, the disappearance of Harley season me is thirty five. Thirty four is Steinsgate. Speaking of the best of all time, I think Steinsgate has the best ending ever in anime because I believe time time travel is very hard to write. There's always, like, logical flaws in the writing. It's time travel, so, you know, in theory it exists, because there's are there are ways with, like, making it so you're, like, point oh 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 one second, whatever, but I thought they wrapped up every single piece missing in the story at the end. My only problem with Steinsgate is the beginning, the beginning is very slow to the point where I kind of got deterred from it. And I essentially just kept watching it because everybody says how great it was. And guess what? Everybody was right because Science Gate is a fucking masterpiece. It's just a little slow in the beginning. That's like the only downfall of this. Um, Okabe's voice actor, Miyamu, Miyamu, I'll say Miyamu because I've most slaughtered the rest of his name. To me, is the best voice acting performance in anime. I think how he handled Okabe was so well done. Uh, Mikaze is like, I think she's the number one girl on Mal for like a reason. She's just so so fun and just everybody. We got those girls, that girl, uh, just the whole cast of Science Gate. It's just a, a blast. If you're a science fiction fan, you need to watch Science Gate. Second, like thirty four. 33, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. And I don't know how this will change after season two because it's currently airing. And it's pretty similar to season one in my eyes. But I love season one. One of my most rewatched slice of lice of all time. Just the dynamic of being a lesbian dragon is funny to me. 
along with just the cast and characters. There's one downfall of the show, why it's not listed higher, and that is Saikawa. If she was just removed from the show, the show would probably be a 10. The Twister episode in season one is, like, awful. It's not needed. It's not funny. It's not cute. Just get that shit out of my face. They kind of do it in season two. Not as bad, but it's really annoying. And I, I'm not going to repeat what Miles is saying in Twitch chat right now, but he's being mean to me. I love Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Man. The dub is so good. The OP in season one is great. Season two is pretty good. The ED I like a lot as well in season two. But I it just, and it's just right now, it's just like a testament to Kyoto Animation. It is their first anime after the arson attack. And just to me, it shows how resilient Kyoto Animation is because they have probably fight of the year in this show because of how well they handled the animation and just the storyline with Elba and uh, Toru. So well done. Actually, now that I think about it, it's probably going to go up after season two because of that episode was... Oh, chef's kiss. 32. Run with the wind. Uh, my second favorite sports anime of all time. Oof. I'm trying to think of just other ones. College sports? We don't really see college sports in anime. So it's about like the cross-country team in at a college and just like finding the drive to overcome other thing like everything through running whether it's like you're literally running away from your problems metaphorically running away from your problems um yeah i say that because like the the joke is like obesity is like the only problem you can literally run away from and it's kind of, they have a character like that in the show. And all these, like, characters that shouldn't be in a cross-country team coming together and just being a team, being a family, being, like, best friends. And it's all handled with Run With The Wind. I love Run With The Wind. I, would, I should probably watch this at some point. It's... I, I know somebody who this is their favorite anime of all time. It's handled really well. And if you don't like Haikyuu and that turned you off from sports anime, I would check out Wrong with the Wind. It's that good. 31. Gurren Lagan. Whew. Where to start with Gurren Lagan? Was it the first time I cried in anime? It's pretty close. It's either the first or second time I cried at an anime. Kamina's death is was tough. The end was really tough. Having that beautiful moment for the wedding was really tough. <coughs> um, real introduction to Trigger for me. Uh, finding out that aliens exist. But like, also a unique story plot where the bad guy isn't necessarily the bad guy. He's like doing what he has to in order to essentially save the world is to be the bad guy. It's Trigger. The animation was wonderful. The mech fights were out of this world. I loved like this using the spiral as like a metaphor. Yeah, what was it like the 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 something of fate or whatever? It was really well done. I loved Gurren Lagann the first time I watched it. Simone has 
top five character development in anime history, I think. I love Simone going from, I think he's like 10 to 12 in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, he's like 21. And just seeing the growth from him experiencing Kamina's death to helping the rebellion to leading the rebellion to like leading the country is so well done. I love Gurren Lagann. It's a great show. If you don't like the show, you're a fool. 30, Made in Abyss. And this also includes the movie because I thought the movie was just so well done. One of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Dawn of the Deep Soul. Made in Abyss. Let's. I mean, one of the best soundtracks of all time. Uh, Kevin Pinkin is anything he touches is gold. I hope he does season two. We're getting season two next year. Bondred is such a unique and mysterious antagonist. Actually, I don't even know if he's an antagonist. Just like he's got like final boss vibes. I guess I'll put it that way because I can't. He's like a bad guy, but like what he's doing is for. I don't know. It's a lot. That's like a whole nother conversation. But what, just like what Bone Druid adds, the story of Reg and his, like, where he came from and the, the world of the Abyss. The world, the Abyss is an antagonist. You have, you have like a setting, you have a landscape, you have this world where it is like, the antagonist of the story. It drives people crazy. The unknowns of the abyss leads people to like this journey, this adventure, this misfortune. It's so well done. I love main abyss so much. I cannot wait for season two. I can't wait till I get my bone druid figure that I ordered like a year ago. And I was drunk and spent like $200 on it. It's going to, it better be crazy. Good. And we'll plop that bad boy right there when I get it. And you guys can all see it. But I love Mania Abyss. If you haven't checked it out, you're living under a rock. It's one of the best. Well, it won like the what? The 2017 or 2018 anime of the year. It's that good. I think with season two, this one's probably going to skyrocket up the list. I can see this entering like top 15, top 10 list down the road. It's that good. 29, Madoka Magica. And Rebellion. <sighs> kind of like Steins Gate, where the only real problem I have with Madoka is the first three episodes. And it's not, even, it's not even a bad thing. It's that I didn't like the first three episodes while I was watching it. And then I realized like the importance of the entire story. I, it's like contradicting myself, but like, I felt like they could have done things better to, like, hook me. I wish it didn't have to wait till longer to hook me. But it did. The cast of characters, the world, just... QB being this entity of these girls and choosing how to live your life. Do you live for yourself? Do you live for others? Um, the sacrifices you make, are they worth it? Hamura, um, Madoka... Mommy, oh dude, the Mamri Hamara fight in the movie is just 
Oh, it's so good. It's I think it's like it, yeah, it's my second favorite um fight in anime history. I will get to my favorite fight in anime history down the road when it is when I show you um my number 6 anime of all time. But Madoka Magica just what a great show. Magical Girls kick ass. If you don't get the show, it's it's a little confusing at first, but I, I think this is just like such a brilliant show that I had to put it up there. And we're getting more. We're getting more. We're getting another movie. So looking forward to seeing that as we go on. 28 is my... It used to be my favorite slice of life of all time. It's called Barakamon. It's a story about a... Prodigy calligrapher who kind of like loses his touch. He does really bad in a competition and ends up punching a judge in the face. And then his family's like, you're out of control. We're going to send you to an Island where you can just work on your craft because we, everybody knows how good you are. He meets like the village. He meets like this young girl named Naru, who is just like a pain in his ass. She's like the neighborhood, whatever. And he grows to find out that it's a, it's a coming of age story of like, there's more to just your craft, more than just your profession, more than just who, what, or who people think you are and what you want to be perceived as. Sometimes it's okay to just go be a kid again. Like, even if you're like 20, like, just go have fun. Like, who cares if you're like the Roger Federer of like calligraphy sometimes you just want to like skip a tournament and go drink with your friends and that's kind of like what brockamon does it it showcases like the beauty of life it's such a great slice of life i had so much fun watching this it was it does like a like a full story in like 12 episodes even though the manga is like 30 volumes or something ridiculously long for a slice of life that's kind of nuts but i i love it this is like what made me fall in love with slice of life was brockamon it's very, very well done. 27, The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. Probably, hmm, like top four or five funniest anime I've ever watched. Um, it goes a little downhill with what Netflix did, the original one. I don't think it's as bad as people like knock on it. But like seasons like one and two are just... I watched all of season one in a day. I think I watched and then the next day I watched all of season two. It's so funny. I love Psyche. I love how they like break the fourth wall like all the time. Just like the, what is this, a shonen manga? Or was this a shonen anime? Like that's not how this, this works. Uh, paranormal, like not paranormal, but just like this. Pat would hate it because it deals with psychics, but... Just having, like, the ability to do... You're the strongest person in the world. And all he wants to do is eat coffee jello and not go to school. But he likes his mom, so he does things to make his mom happy and stuff like that. It's great. Alright, we're on water break nine. We're doing it. Yeah, Psyche K. Ugh, so funny. 26 is B-Stars. And I guess if I put this on my list, I'm a furry. But B-Stars, especially season one, 
how it handles like the separation between herbivores and carnivores, I thought was a hilarious concept and a genius concept, kind of like how segregation was in American schools. Even though I know that's not like completely the case, but it kind of was where like the herb or the carnivores were seen as like the higher tier because they were like, they could eat meat. So it had like more protein. So they were stronger or something like that. And then the herbivores were lower because they were weak and all this shit. And then like them coming together, like Lugosi being a carnivore falling in love with Haru, who's a herbivore. I thought was a great representation of like mix, like mixed interracial couples. That's kind of like what I was getting from it. I know some people don't think it's that deep, but that's kind of like the vibes I was getting with it. And then season two, just like, or like the end of season one into season two, just turning everything on its head where it's like, this is no longer like a school drama romance. Like, yo, people are dying. Like, I thought Luis as like the the herbivore running this carnivore gang was incredible. It's just like what if like a black guy ran the Ku Klux Klan? It was kind of like the vibe I was getting. It was I don't know. I thought I thought Beastars was incredible. I love it. Um Maybe the only show where season one and season two of a show will probably win best OP of the year because Wildside won it. And I think this is like the, the front runner for OP of the year for season two of B stars. What a great show already confirmed that we're getting more. I don't think they said it was a season or not. I'm going to guess it is another season because Netflix is involved with it, but it's possible that we get a movie, but I'm going to guess it's just a show. I love B stars. I can't wait to see how it ends. Even though I've heard mixed things about the manga ending. We'll see if we switch it up. 25, Fruits Basket. Um, th- this is the series in general. It rose super high this year because of season three. I thought season three was an absolute masterpiece. Uh, the last episode was so well done. Um, and then two episodes before, so like episode like 10 with Toru's mom. I thought that episode was so well done as well. I love Fruits Basket. I thought the cast was wonderful. The dynamic with everybody. Toru is just a national treasure of whatever country, Japan, I guess. But I loved her. I loved her interactions. I loved her like facial expressions because it's so dramatized. Regardless of the situation, whether it's fun or serious or romantic. And just how the, how it tied everything together about just like overcoming it's kind of like brockamon where it's just like it's overcoming and being yourself and not being somebody else for somebody like being somebody for somebody else like not doing this because your parents want you to do it or not doing this because it's always been that way it's being that individual that you are and overcoming it these situations together, which is what makes Fruits Basket so great. I can't, I love it. It's, it's a lock for season three is a lock for anime of the year contender. It's, it's up there with odd taxi and Vivi. It's that good. I love Fruits Basket. 24 is the promised Neverland season one and only season one. 
I will make that very clear. Season 2, just like Berserk 2016 and 2017, does not exist. It is fake news uh, created by the liberal media. That's a joke, but you know what I mean when I say that. I loved season one, how they handled horror without showing, like, the gore, the murder, just the suspense of what's behind the corner in every episode makes The Promised Neverland, like, what it is. I had a blast watching season one. I was so excited for season two, and... If you saw our review, I gave season two a four. I think out of the goodness of my heart, I did think it had some decent things about the show. But for the most part, I mean, you PowerPointed a full season at the end of the sh- at the end of season two. That was bad. That was really bad. You shouldn't PowerPoint entire seasons. But season one, Emma, Norman, Ray, what a great trio of characters. I think people, I know people have qualms with them being like geniuses, but it's like, it's anime. Like there's geniuses in every anime or whatever. Like who cares? I loved Emma's sacrifices. She's such a great, like female character. I love her. Norman got a little edgy in season two. Um, it was kind of understandable why, but I get it. But yeah, my problems come from season two. We're talking about only season one, though, because like I said before, season two doesn't exist. I love season one. I give it a 10. It's still a 10. It's number 24 all time for me. Um, We're on water break number 10. We can do this. We can do this. Here we go. 23, Log Horizon. I fucking love Log Horizon. I don't know if I want to spoil anything that happened in Season 3, because I know people are still... Season 3 is like a whatever season. This is mostly Season 1 and Season 2. If we get more seasons, I think Season 3 wouldn't be as bad. Log Horizon, your typical isekai plot... But it's done in a way that I love. I love the fact that the main character, Shiro, instead of trying to be the strongest, he wants to be, like, the most powerful. He wants to be, like, the leader. He wants to be, like, a market leader in the economy. He wants to have, like, political influence in the government. He wants to be... This guild that he used to be back in the day when he was like a top raider. And I love... Those are the things I like about those styles of isekai. Yeah, Rifle. I'll stop saying I love. My bad. But Log Horizon is just a great show. It does so many things well that other isekai don't. Like handling character relationships in a realistic fashion. Even though you're stuck inside of a video game. The economy. I... How they come together to essentially buy a guild hall in the show is so well done. Season three with the with the um, the election and just handling political conflict through an election, I thought was I don't know if you've ever seen that in anime. Man, that was really good. Log Horizon twenty three, number twenty two, Akudama Drive. 
this show's a little mixed because of the ending. The aesthetic of the cyberpunk theme in Akudama Drive and like these neon lights was something I've never seen before in the anime. I thoroughly enjoyed Swindler as a character. Her concept of wrong place, wrong time, being labeled as the Swindler, and then essentially accidentally swindling her way through situations was so well done. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Blood, was it Blood? Cutthroat. Cutthroat was the maniac that we needed. Brawler and Hoodlum's relationship was so heartwarming in a style of show that didn't really need it, where I started to feel bad for these guys, even though they're like villains and have killed like hundreds of people. Doctor was intriguing uh, because of some of the things that she said. I'm going to say she for the moment because we don't really know if it's a boy or a girl <laughs> at this point. I thought that was a fun concept. And, ah, uh, man, like, the action. And I could, the Brawler versus Executioner fight, two in the rain. My God, what an amazing fight. It won my fight of the year last year. And there was another fight where it was Courier and Brawler versus the two Executioners. Just two S-tier fights that were so impactful to the story. Not just, like, aesthetically looking cool, but, like, the fights meant so much for the story. It was, sometimes it was needless violence for needless violence, but I'd say for the most part, the violence and the fights were such a driving force in the story that I felt the impact of every punch. And I think that's what it did really well compared to other shows. And that's why I have it so high on my list. And I just think it's so unique. I loved it. 21 is a very, very recent show that wrapped up. And I haven't done my review for this season, but based based off it being number 21, I think you don't know the score I'm going to give it. And that is Two Year Eternity. The journey of life that is portrayed in Two Year Eternity was just beautiful. The... The emotions that I felt in each arc, whether it was sad or happy or heartwarming or devastating, was just something not really seen in 20 episodes of a show. I think we get that in some anime throughout the entire story. And this was like the first core Especially with like the Gugu arc, where with him developing with Fushi was some of the best writing I've seen in anime. And how they just became who they are as strangers into like comrades, into friends, into family was. And like a matter of like eight episodes, eight or nine episodes was something that 
I, I haven't really seen an anime all too often. Just that connection between two characters. And not only the connection between those two characters, but my personal connection with those characters was just perfect. Wow, we're on water break 11. We got the March, the March arc in the beginning. Oh, I didn't even think about it. The first episode was one of the best first episodes in anime I've ever seen. The music in episode one is so well done. How it sets the mood and the atmosphere so well. I remember like getting on Discord and being like, this this show is something special. I knew the manga was pretty highly rated, but like this is... And this is what we're going to get. This is going to be something really, something that we're going to talk about for years, I think. And I remember some of the episodes where the hard hitting episodes and people just, just bawling their eyes out because of how real and how emotional some of the scenes were. It was just like, it felt like I was watching it in real life and I think that says a lot about to your journey. Now that I think about it, this might be higher down the list when I do my actual review, but as of right now, I think I'm okay with it being at 21 at two year eternity. Now the exact opposite of serious. Uh, this is called also be Asobase, which literally means workshop of fun. It, it, oh man, it used to be, just in terms of pure comedy, I think this is the funniest anime ever made. It is an absolute delight. Every episode is just fun, silly. The characters are so weird. Especially the main girl in the middle who doesn't wear glasses. The blacker girl who doesn't wear glasses. It's just... She, it's like, she's kind of like Kaguya, where she's rich and oblivious. I like that concept. Olivia, the blonde girl, because I think her mom is, like, from America. Her identity is really fun. It's just, the whole thing is just a blast to watch. It's, I feel like comedy in anime doesn't hit. There's a lot of bad, I'll say there's a lot of bad comedy in anime. And where it's just, like, pure comedy. And this one is, like, it hits every mark. It's so fun. It's the, it's a workshop of fun. Also be also base. Number 19. Another very recent anime for Westerners. It's called Josie the Tiger and the Fish. One of the things that I really want in anime that's not touched on enough is physical disabilities. And this we get a we get a relationship between a boy and a girl who is paralyzed and seeing and like seeing like the hardships of being paralyzed I feel like isn't shown enough in anime. I think we get like sports injuries and stuff like that. That's like the extent of like physical disabilities that we get. But we never really get like amputees para, para, like people paralyzed um, something like MS or like uh, Bell's palsy or something like that 
I think it would be interesting to see that adapted into anime form. We, there's an anime, there's a manga that I have here called Real, which I hope someday gets adapted about wheelchair basketball. And that would be a really interesting concept to like handle because I think it's kind of like shunned in Japanese culture. So things like like autism, Down syndrome, um, stuff like that is not really touched in anime either, which I think would be like a really interesting um, topic. We're seeing it now more in manga. I know there's one anime, but another thing would be like um, like transgender would be like a really interesting concept to handle in more anime because I do know that there are anime that, that, that touch on it and we're going to get something, well, I don't know if it's technically transgender and blue period, but something along those lines. But Josie the Tiger and the Fish handles the relationship and the conflicts that arise from physical disabilities. A lot of times in terms of romance, the conflict comes from, you know, misunderstandings and communication problems and stuff like that, where we see that in every anime, but what, and what Josie does and Josie and the tiger fish and it handles it really well is like how you view yourself to the rest of the world as being different in the way of I'm unable to walk. And we see that in one of the first scenes where she goes out in public and she's at like a subway station and people in Japan's like in a hurry and stuff like that. And she's in a wheelchair and they really like the, the public doesn't go out of their way for the handicapped and it, it like it like made me mad when I watched it because like I can see that happening. And as the show goes on and you see Josie because I mean it's like to the point where like she almost kills herself over this. And you see her coming to terms of finding happiness in her disability. And him finding happiness in, like, someone who he loves and trying to convey that message to somebody who has a hard time accepting it and a hard time understanding it because of just the circumstances that she grew up in. And I think that's what Josie did to me. And at the towards the end where she does, like, her picture book, I was... I was, I was like, ha I was so happy. I was like, ha was, was, I think it's the only time where I happy cried in anime. Oh my God. Josie the Tiger and the Fish is so good. I now I want to rewatch. I better rewatch this tonight. It's so well done. Actually, there's a live action movie. I think I'm going to watch a live action movie tonight. Josie the Tiger and the Fish is number 19. Number 18. Similar. A disability m movie. Uh, a silent voice. I'm pretty sure everyone has seen a silent voice. Um, the scene, I know a lot of people cry at this movie. It's, it has a lot of serious tones and I know a lot of people cried during the attempted suicide scene. And to me, 
I always like sharing this because I think I I got hit in a different like area. And it was when um what's the main character's name? When the main character stops her from committing suicide and but he falls instead and he's in like serious condition. He's at the hospital and Uh, well, I can't remember her names right now, so I've been talking. The deaf girl, her mom and her sister come to the hospital and, like, grovel to their mom saying that they're sorry. And I, that scene, like, hit me so hard. Um, Like, saying sorry to this person because you saved my daughter's life, but now, in exchange, like, your son may be dead. And I thought that was just, like, it was, it, it hit hard. Like, I don't know why. Like, that never happened to me in real life, but, like, I could feel the emotion through that. But Silent Voice is just, like, the redemption of being a bully, then being bullied, and, like, realizing who you were affects people especially if you're a bully and just his redemption of trying to be a better person and conveying that to the person you bullied and just like the pushing them away. Like you like ruined my life. Please stop talking to me to just the relationship that they developed felt really natural. It just shows like you can change. You don't have to be the person that you were. You can be a good person. Everybody's seen a silent voice, so not gonna rabble on too much, but it was just a wonderful movie. Number 17 is a show called Doro Hedero. Why this is so high up on my list is I thought this show was going to be hot, hot garbage. It looks stupid. The premise honestly doesn't seem like the best, but when I watched it, its cast was just an absolute riot. Kaimon as like this dude who wakes up and is all of a sudden like a lizard head. Nikaido, who just makes pot stickers, but is actually like a ninja. Johnson, my boy Johnson, who is a cockroach playing baseball player, who's also just like a good boy, <laughs> but he's like a mutated cockroach. Dude, this show was all over the place. I had an... It was an absolute riot watching this show. The baseball episode is the best baseball episode in anime history. I said it. It was so... The Sharks versus... Was it the Sharks versus the Worms? I wish I had a Worms jersey. It was just so fun. And the fights... The gore... Oh my god, this show was nuts. Noi... Big Buff Noi, Big Girl Noi, oh, she was so great. And Shin, I loved Shin with his hammer. What a great character Shin was. Dora Hanro was just a riot of a show. I had so much fun. I So it's done by MAPPA, and it was, it was kind of popular when it came out, but now we're getting, like, the Chainsaw Man hype. And I wish people would watch Doro Hedro because I watched Doro Hedro and then read Chainsaw Man. And Chainsaw Man is just a poor man's Doro Hedro. It This is just on a whole nother level of Chainsaw Man. So 
hopefully when Chainsaw Man comes out, people will also give um, Doro Hedro the chance that it deserves if you haven't seen it yet because it's something else. It's a great show. And I hope we get more because it didn't adapt all of it. I think we still have like a whole nother like 12 episodes that can be adapted, if not more. So yeah, Doro Hedro, 17. Number 16. I did a episode on my top 10 most underrated anime of all time. And this was my number one. It is my favorite short of all time. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite romantic, like pure romantic comedies of all time. It's called Surrey Zuri Children or Surrey Dury Children. It has like two, whatever they're called. Uh, the show follows six different couples in like really short burst of events. Each each couple has their own dynamic that just feels so real in the high school setting. Where you have like the shy nerd, you have the bold um like the bold people who will like make out in the hallway type of characters. You have uh, uh what else do we have? Like the sports star, the bandard, the childhood friend Um, The people who are, like, having a hard time communicating what they like about each other. Because I was in that situation once. So it was just really real to me. It's so fun. It's 12-minute episodes. It has the dub and the sub are both incredible. You can watch it all in, like, an hour and a half, I think. Maybe a little bit more than that. It's kind of like a movie. It's just so well done. The animations are really, really good, too. Um, We're on Water Break, I think, 13 We're almost out of water, so let's hope we make it. It's just a super fun uh, romantic comedy. Like, the most fun I had watching a romantic comedy. Number 15, Vinland Saga. Uh, thank thank Valhalla, or whatever Norse god... I guess Valhalla's not a god, but... Thank Norse gods that we are getting a second season of this. Vinland Saga was an absolute rush of storytelling of violence of everything, man. Um, let's start with the characters, Thorfinn. Thorfinn is what I think of when I think of like adolescent hero, uh, here, I'm going to put heroes in quotation marks where like, He's perceived as, like, the main character trying to do good by any means possible type of thing. He's, like, a good Deku, but, like, he actually kills people. And then we have Osclod, who is... I guess he's kind of portrayed as the antagonist. But he's, like... He's, like, the antagonist to Thorfinn, but I don't know if he's, like, the antagonist to the story. What an amazing character Osclod is. He was, what was it like, was it last year, two years ago, two years ago, when I did my best boy, he won by a landslide on Mal. He's my number four character of all time. And that's just the characters. We had the fights when Thorfinn fought Thorknil, I think his name is, when he was, had that giant ass log. 
was something just something else the scene where they're carrying the ship on land was that was crazy op the first op i love the first op by was it survive the prophet man it's just like a punk punk rock version not punk rock pop punk uh song it felt like like a japanese punk pop punk song that i don't really see much in anime the only one i can really think of like an inferno from uh fire force just villain saga was the storytelling was so well done when we got into like whales towards the end that was like a really interesting uh shift tone when we saw with osclaud's character i thought that was so well done because it changed the light on how i viewed osclaud it changed the view on like the war that was happening between these like scandinavian countries and like england and france and stuff like that it was it was really it was really well done wit studios absolutely killed it uh because of this it's like if berserk ever got a do like a reboot adaptation i want wit studios to do it just because of how well vinland saga was done Number 14 is Kids on the Slope. And this is a show that I see some people talk about it. It's more of like they watch it, they really like it, and then I don't really hear much about it afterwards. There's some themes about Kids on the Slope that stood out to me more than anything. So it takes place in post-World War II Japan which is a time period I don't really see much of in anime. So I, they don't necessarily say the year. I want to say it's like somewhere in the 50s is the vibes I get. The like 50s, 60s, somewhere in that. Because we see like American like naval bases and like American bars in Japan because like the Navy is still stationed there, but it's about a story about like two unlikely friends coming together over jazz music and just what transcribes in their life through just music itself. And like romance is a huge plot driven device in this show where it's handled in a different way with like, being an adult and having like a teenage girl attracted to you and like trying to like tell her no was because a lot of times it's not handled well. Cause a lot of times it's, it goes the wrong way. And I thought it was how, just like how that was portrayed with like pregnancy was like a really interesting concept that they handled. But the main focus is on the music that they play and the relationships they form through jazz music. And the jazz music is so, well done where I'm not super like in the world of jazz, but you can, I've used this analogy before. Like you don't need to be a cook in order to like, if you eat a cheeseburger to know if it tastes good or not, this is kind of like the same thing. Like I don't know jazz when I hear it. Like I know this is good jazz music and it's, they use the jazz music as communication in the story, which I found super fascinating where they like, don't talk. They'll play music and it's like, they're talking. 
And I thought that was just so well done. I love Kids on the Slope. I wish more people would watch it. Same guy who did Cowboy Bebop. Same guy who did Carol on Tuesday. Did Kids on the Slope. Uh, Shin- Shinshiro Watanabe, I think his name is. So, yeah. Big fan of Kids on the Slope. 13, Code Geass. Ah. Uh, what a... I love this political drama. Yes, it's a mecha. Yes, it has... I think it has some pretty major flaws in it that you can nitpick if you'd like. But to me, it was just like the overall... The overall plot of it being like a chessboard and you're making one move at a time where like sometimes you need to sacrifice your pawn in order to get the rook. And that's kind of like the vibe I was getting with Code Geass because... In some instances, it was like that chess game of making these strategic moves in order to get the checkmate. And it, it's the chess aspect is visualized prominently in the story. So I know this isn't just like I'm making this up, but I thought Lelouch was great. If, my, if Miles was here, he'd talk about how he doesn't get the appeal of Lelouch, but I was a big fan of Lelouch and it's like Suzuku, his like best friend or whatever. The idea of Zero and starting this rebellion against uh, Britannia and the, the supernatural elements were a little I mean, like, I understand that was, like, the premise of the Gias. When he finds out, like, his dad is, like, essentially a god or something like that is kind of, like, whatever. And then we get, like, the movies where if you like the show and then they're continuing the movie and we're still getting more Code Gias content down the road, it's kind I feel like it's kind of like Fate where, like, you watch, like, Heaven's Feel Zero, Unlimited Blade Works, and then stop. The Code Geass fans, even if they love Code Geass, is like, I'll watch Code Geass and not the movies. And it's interesting to see how like that's what I saw the movies. I thought they were perfectly fine. Uh, we're on Water Break 14. We're going to do this. And how, just, yeah, just how Code Geass is like this fantastic political drama. The mech, the mech fights are like a cool touch. I think there are some aspects of, like, their power scaling in their mechs is kind of, like, all over the place and not really well-defined, but I think that's, like, a minor part of the overall, like, concept of this chess game that they're playing, but I love Kogias. I've watched it twice, I think, subbed and dub. It's funny because Johnny Young Bosch is in it, and there's drama with that, but, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Kogias. Number 12, you knew it was coming if you know me. It's my favorite slice of life of all time. I'm currently re-watching season two for... No, this is the first time I rewatched season two. It's laid back camp. What can I say? Laid back camp is fucking great. I got my Nadeshko right here with me. It's, it's pure, it's serotonin. It's just pure serotonin. It makes me happy. I'm relaxed when I'm watching it. I'm at peace. I have, there's, they're, they're, the drama in Yuru camp or laid back camp is that they're broke. Like that's it. Other than that, it's just them 
cooking delicious food, having going out and having fun with your friends, discovering camping. It's like, oh man, I just realized I don't have Super Cub in my list and it needs to be in my list. It's kind of like Super Cub, discovering a passion and man, I love laid back camp. It's just so, it's just so well done. Writing fun, writing fun is a talent. I don't care what you say. Berserk has some of the best writing in anime or in manga history. But man, writing fun like Yuru Camp is just one notch below it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna say Yuru Camp is almost as good as Berserk in terms of storytelling. I just I love the cast. I love Nadeshko. I love Rin. I love the dogs. I love. I love everything about you, Camp. It's so much fun. And I've had so many people say, like, it's a show about camping. What's so great about it? And then they watch it, and they're like, I get it. I'm like, I told you. I told you. Laidback Camp is the nut. It's so good. I, I've, I think I said I've only watched, like, three shows. Today. I think I might finish season two now. It's just, like, whatever comes next. Laid by camp. Once we get the movie next year, it wouldn't surprise me if it moves into my top 10 after the movie. I think it's that good. Number 11, right before our top 10, we got Origairu or my teen romantic comedy snafu. It moved up a shit ton of spots from season three. I thought season three was the best conclusion to a romance for me since Toradora. Hachiman. Hachiman won like best boy of the decade for a reason. I love Hachiman. He is like my favorite character development in anime history. Yui, Yukino, Yui Gamama. I'm a... Uh, it's funny because in season one, I was a Yuki, Yuki no Stan. Season two, I switched to Iroha. And then season three, I was a Yui Stan. And it, it made the show really fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, even though it was clear who was going to win from episode one, I still like to dream. I'm a man with dreams. And that confession scene, I think it's episode 10 was just perfect with for two people who have a hard time communicating a hard time saying what they really want to say especially it's romantic and how they did it in their own ways was just so well done i love origairu i've seen i've seen seasons 1 and 2 like 6 times i, I haven't rewatched season 3 yet but it was what was it like number three, two last year for me? I think it was number my number two anime of last year. Now I kind of want to go check because number one from last year still hasn't been talked about, which will be in my top ten. Yeah, Argyro was my number two last year, so that's kind of a spoiler if you knew what my anime of the year was last year. But Argyro, yep, number eleven. All right, we're gonna move on to our top ten. But before we do that, let's recap numbers 100 through 11. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) 
Let me uh, let me get some water. We'll do top ten. And we're coming up on two hours. Coming up on two hours. That's this is going quicker than I thought I was going to. Number ten. Number ten will be my number. Will always be my number ten. Uh, it is the reason why I started this podcast. It is what is the only anime, kind of. I can make an argument with Made in Abyss, but it's really the only anime that changed my life because of what it, its message is great. It came at my, it came to me at the right time in my life, and I, I think this is like the third or fourth time I've told this story on the podcast. But it's a place further than the universe, and it's about. It's about like enjoying your youth and like making the most of it and doing what you want. But to me, it came at a time in my life when I was like 26, I think I watched it. And it really made me want to. I had this passion for anime and I really wanted to talk about it. I, I hated like sitting in the dark when I was watching all these anime and had nothing to talk about. Or and. No audience, no, like, fellow people who shared common interests like I do. And I was like, well, I, I, I'm a pretty extro, extroverted person. I like talking. Whether I'm good or bad at it, I like talking. I was like, I kind of want to start a podcast. So I did with my friend Adam. And it was because of this show I did that. And... Just where my life has been since starting this podcast is insane. I just got back. I got back from a wedding today from a guy I met through this podcast. Like, shout out to Miles and Kayla. Like, it's just like, and I've met like friends and communities. Like, I'm planning trips with people because of this podcast and it's because of this show. And it's not only because, of, like, that's not, like, the only reason why it's at number 10. I think this show is amazing. I love A Place Further Than the Universe. Uh, the animations, just, like, the themes along with the show just, like, really resonated with me. If you're a fan of Gigguk, he, does a, he did a video because this show also changed his life. And he did, like, a really nice, like, 10-minute video about it and like what he did when he watched this show and i think that was like really important to a lot of people to like hear his message and i kind of like want to relay it with me because that's just something that we share that it's the same show to cause such an impact to our lives even though it's just a show about girls going to antarctica it's just it's something else. It's, it's uh, like, a, I don't know. It's just like a defining experience in my life that there will be more, but I don't know what it's going to be because I would never would have expected a show about girls going to Antarctica to have the effect on my life like it did. So like, the only thing that's even close is like Berserk, where like the messages of Berserk 
and the story helped me in like a time in my life where it was not the best and I resonated with like the character and like persevering through hard times this is a little bit on the lighter side where it's just I'm here now what do I want to do in this moment like do I want to continue to be the person I am or do I want to be the person who I want to be and that's kind of like the the shift that I had where I decided that I'm going to be the person that I want to be and my life changed from there and it's not just the podcast there's like some personal stuff I'm not going to get into it you guys I'm not this isn't therapy hour with Pete I'm just saying that there there are other things that make it where it is at this rank and you'll see that later where it's more than just the show. And I think that's why it's like that high on my list type of thing. So I'll explain later when we get to another show. Number nine is haiku. So I love haiku into the fact where I played sports my entire life. I might not look like an athletic person, but I played, I played every sport except for football essentially. So well, hi, why I loved Haiku is showing the competitiveness in sports. I am a super competitive person. When I was done playing sports, I was like a top um, like League of Legends player. I even have it here. Uh, my Magic the Gathering, I was on the Pro Tour. Like I was super competitive in like nerdy things, but nonetheless, I was like competitive. And Haiku showcased that to me. And I felt the drive. I felt like the heart and the passion that people were displaying. It's not only the main characters, which makes it great, is everybody involved. Because the person on the other side of the net may have a different drive than you, or like a different, let's say, like reasoned behind their drive than say Hanada. And that's what it was for other people. There are people who their entire life they took I played tennis. Tennis was like the highest sport I played. Like so I'll use tennis as an example. There are people who took lessons five days a week. Um whether it's because of pressure from like their family or they actually thoroughly enjoyed it, that was like something that they drive towards and worked hard for and then you lose to somebody who's just naturally better than you like they didn't take lessons but they're just a natural athlete and if you ever like know the story of andy roddick who not as a prominent figure now but he didn't pick up a tennis racket until he was like a junior in high school and they found out that he could serve like 120 miles an hour or something ridiculous and that's just pure, that's just a natural athlete. And you could practice serves every day, like eight hours a day for the rest of your life. And it wouldn't matter because you're not Andy Roddick. And I like that realism that Haikyuu shows. That you, you can go into the gym and work your ass off. And you're going to go up against a guy who's six foot four and he's just better than you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I like that it showed that there are cool aspects of the height disadvantages and how they plays in the show. But it's, 
it's stuff like that. It's the drive. It's the competitiveness that is in Haiku that I just resonate with. And I, I think the show's super fun. This newest season, how they worked in the crowd was such a nice touch to competitiveness. I remember like going to high school football games and I went to a huge high school and we had like a really big band. And I like remember then going to like the city over or whatever for like an away game. And like their band is like a third the size I'm like, these guys ain't shit. They don't even have a band. And in Haiku, you see, like, these guys have, like, a thousand fans. Like, when you have a thousand fans at a game, you know this team is, like, legit. Like, you need to play up. Like, little things like that. I don't know, like, if people notice that unless you played sports. And Haiku does that. It's, oh, it's so good. And it's just, like, really fun. The, the, the soundtracks of a volleyball show really really well done i'm a big fan of a lot of the ops like come on fly yeah you like my singing stuff like that um yeah big fan of haiku i get the hype uh season three is my favorite arc in anime history uh the shiro torizawa battle the match is just what i picture a competitive volleyball game like in real life it's just I, I felt like I was there. That's, it's just incredible. Haiku, number nine. Let's move on. Number eight was my anime of the year last year, right behind Origaru, who got 11th. It's Love is War. Um, one of the only shows where I watched an episode and immediately ran out and bought all of the manga. So episode 10 of season two the Ishigami episode. If you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. I ran out and bought, like, I think at the time it was volumes 8 through 17 or 16 in that range. It's like, I got hooked immediately. Ishigami is in my top, like, 7. These are like my number 7 favorite character of all time. And just the dynamic of love is war in these short let's see they do like three or four like shorts an episode so like these five to six minute bits with all these different characters all tying into the same story while having like some of the best characters ever written in like anime it's just an absolute treat. I love Kaguya. Um, before season two, like Chika was my, I love Chika more. And now that I'm reading the manga, I'm a Kaguya stan. But just like the introduction to like uh, Miko, um, I getting like her time. And we're going to see more of that in season three. Oh, season three is going to be so good. Shiragane and his dynamic I can't wait for the the episode with his dad. If you read the manga, you know what I'm talking about. That's just going to be hilarious when it's written into anime. Ah, Love is War. It's, it's my, so it's my number eight anime. It's my number two manga. It's just a delight to read. It's so fun. It's hilarious. 
Um, uh, just like things are just like Chica being who she is, being like an airhead, but at the same time being a genius is super fun. And just the dynamic of all the people coming together and making the cast who they are is great. I can't wait to see season three animated. This might get bumped up a little bit too. It'll be interesting. Number seven, Mob Cycle 100. Uh, so the biggest reason is Reagan. Uh, I think Reagan is the best written and is my favorite anime character of all time. Let me get my let me get my boy. Got my Reagan, my Reagan figure right here. Season one as like the con artist dude that he is into season two and being um like a dad figure was wonderful overcoming the situation he was in and like manning up to your mistakes and just being the person that you want to be for like like for mob was so great and then just mob in general mob is a good boy that's just the best way to put it everybody loves mob mob his dynamic with his 0% and his 100% personas are a great mesh. And then in season two with like the whole cast coming together for like a single cause. And it sounds like we're getting season three too. So, oh man, my hair. That is just, I can't wait to look forward to it. The OPs, so we have 99 and 99.9 are just absolute bops. 99.9 is my number three OP of all time. It has one of the best fights in anime history in season two. Man, what else can we talk about? Uh, the Body Improvement Club being like the best group like ever in anime. I just love the Body Improvement Group. They're so much fun. They add a really interesting dynamic to Mob, Mob's character through development physically and like emotionally is a really interesting um, thing that we saw in anime. Like, it's like, yeah, you can be, you can have big muscles, but like, if you're not there for your friends, muscles mean nothing. It's just like, what are you saying? You guys are like meatheads and you're dropping like these philosophical bombs on us. It's just, what a delight of a, of a cast that they are. And man, we got like those, like episode one of season two where like mob gets his heart broken I felt so bad. Like I wanted to cry for mob and just him being like, it's okay. Like, thank you for telling me. Like he just saw like the positives and the negatives and just makes mob a great, just good boy. He's a good boy. He deserves head pats and whatever he wants. Uh, this is when someone like is new to anime and they, and they want like a recommendation. I like always recommend mob psycho. It's such a good easy fun emotional entertaining watch ah, mob is so much fun it's my number seven number six hunter hunter uh usually i don't like shonen usually i don't like long running shonen and hunter hunter like flip the switch on that even my phone background is hunter hunter let's start i mean the beginning where we get the I'm Kilua, I'm gone when they're running in the tunnel in 
the hunter exam arc was just the blossoming friendship of a great story to come. And then we get the addition of Karapika and Leorio. And then my favorite, probably like villain villain in anime in Hisoka. And then we get Greed Island. And then we get York New. And then we get Chimera Ant. And we get these just like god tier arcs like back to back to back. They showcase like, everybody. Everybody gets their moment in the, the limelight while all sort of coming together, minus like Leario, but we get that at the end. Just a masterpiece in just writing. It shows that Shonen doesn't have to be Deus Ex Machinas of bullshit in uh, cliche writing. We can we can go further. We can advance the plot with actual storytelling and with dynamics in the universe then we do then like one of the best power systems in anime it's so well done and they explain it in a way where it's simple and complex at the same time where you get the basis but like they show the advanced like systems of Nen, where it's like i want to know more that and like tower of god are like the two that like stand out to me in terms of like these power systems that are so well explained and make sense. And they follow the rules. Oh, and alchemy too, where they, the rules are laid out and it's never just like bullshit. Like it's within its means. And I think that's something that's really underrated with Hunter Hunter compared to something like Dragon Ball Z, where if Goku's losing, he'll just go super Saiyan the next level and then he'll win and then they'll fight, he'll fight somebody bigger than him. And then guess what? He'll go Super Saiyan one more level. It's not like it's, that's like a power system that doesn't exist. It's just you just you just stacking it on each other. Where Nen is like, here's the system that's laid out, and it follows these rules. And it's something that's so well done. I love the concept of Nen. Kilua is my favorite character. Well, him and Hazoka are like one A one B because I think Hazoka as like a villain having the power to essentially do whatever you want and he chooses to be like a pedophile i think is fucking hilarious because that's what something a villain would i feel like a villain would do and then Killua just being like the best best friend in the world never having like he was like tortured by like his family and all this stuff and then finding gone and just changing his life for the better is such a great story i love their dynamic hopefully this is the last water break because i'm about to be out of water i love hunter hunter i wish we had more but after seeing miura the author of berserk pass away I'm fine with Hunter Hunter just being on hiatus until forever if it means that the author doesn't work himself to death, literally. So, love Hunter Hunter. It's at number six. Now, this is going to be fun. Number five, I think, is the best anime ever made. I think it's so well done. It just doesn't have, like, the emotional impact that the other shows are going to have. And that's why it's number five. Even though I do think that this is the best anime ever created. And that is. That is Perfect Blue. The Satoshi Kon film. I. 
if you've ever been in Discord, if you've ever talked to me, you know I love Perfect Blue. It is... What a masterpiece of a film. Everything that you want answered is answered. Everything that you want left unanswered, the mystery, the suspense, the like the thriller of that film is left for you to determine. I still remember when we did our watch club episode on this and me and miles talked two hours before the episode about the movie. And then we talked about the movie for another roughly two hours and then another hour afterwards. I've never done that with anything in my life. I could maybe do that with Berserk if I ever had that conversation. But Perfect Blue is just perfection. In so many ways. If you haven't seen this movie, it's it's everything I want in a movie. And I, if you're a fan of, if you like my taste, I hope that translates to you as well. And what you get is a full complete story. And just like the aspects, the thriller aspect without showing the horror, the gore, but then also doing it where you have the thriller aspect of the actual gore is such a perfect balance in the two where like it's just insanely impactful to the message being sent or the impact of like the idea of what Satoshi Kon was trying to do in this film. If you ever want to talk perfect blue, please join the discord and I will talk to you all day about it. I love this film. It's my number five all time, but I do think it's the best anime ever made. Number four is Konosuba. Um, Konosuba is just the best. It's, it's, how could you say something is so fucking stupid and it's like a 10 out of 10? It's just dumb, but it's dumb in a way where I can't get enough of it. It's like, it's cocaine. Um, the biggest thing for me about Konosuba is that the interaction I had at the movie screening for the movie after season two, the legend of like the crimson, whatever. And I went there. I, I we like pre-gamed, we got dinner. This was with my buddy. And we went to the, 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 the movie and I was thinking that it was going to be like really dead because like how many Konosuba fans are there in Minnesota? And I get there and it's sold out. I'm like, this is awesome. I didn't realize that there was this many people in Minnesota who enjoyed Konosuba. And watching this movie with people is like uh, food. Food tastes better when you eat with other people. This movie with everybody was one of the most enjoyable experiences in my life. I laughed my ass off to the point where I'm pretty sure I peed a little. That's how hard I was laughing. The series itself, and they announced that we're getting more content, but I don't know what it is. The series I've rewatched. I think I've seen the movie like six times. I think I've seen the series 
uh, close to 10. I mean, I even, here, I'll pull, uh, if you're watching on visual, I even downloaded, uh, you won't even see, I even downloaded the gacha game because of how invested I am in Konosuba. Let me grab my figurines real quick. I got my Aqua, Union, and Darkness figurines. I, I would have bought Megumine, but uh, her figure is like four times the price of everybody else's. So that's why I don't own hers, because I'm not paying like 150 bucks for a Megumine figure. All right, we're out of water on this one. All right, let's push through it. And it's just, it's the most rewatchable show that and series are eight children. I, but it's like when I'm trying to f watch two different things, that's series is when I want the romance. This is when I want the comedy. I love it. I love Cosmo's voice actor and just the in intricacies of like his character where he does like the Cosmo, Cosmo. Yes, I'm Cosmo. That shit is, I die every time. It'll never get old for me. I hope they do that. I'll, I hope to do it a million times next season. It'll never get outplayed. I love Konosuba. It's my number four. Number three is Toradora. Toradora to me, I do think this show is just fantastic in general. It's the only show... I think I've told the story in the podcast. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm going to tell it again. I was watching Toradora in the winter in Minnesota, which can be a little rough, and my power went out. And the mobile internet on like my phone or whatever wasn't fast enough or whatever for some reason to like stream it i'm assuming because the power was down and everybody was using like their mobile devices so i went to my gym which was 24 7 in the middle of the winter it's like minus 10 so i could get their wi-fi and i sat on an exercise bike and watched like eight episodes of toradora at 2 a.m until i was like exhausted and I had to just go home and sleep uh, it's really reminiscent of like a relationship I had in high school into college, which is why like this is where it's like it touches the emotional side of like impacting me, which is why I have it so highly rated, and like kind of changed who I am. So that's why it holds like a special place in my heart. And I just love this show. I remember watching it, and an ending, and I was just so happy, just, just radiant. I was sad. I was, I was also like super sad it was over, but I was like radiating positive energy of like, I'm so happy. That was the best like love story I've seen in anime at the time. I just had a blast with it. I love Toradora. And now we're at the eighth stage of most people at least enjoy Toradora. To me, I know I'm like in, maybe not in like the minority, but. I do think that a lot of people think there's been better romance anime to come out. To me, nothing has touched Toradora. I thought that Horimiya Hori would do it, but it didn't. That was pretty close. But Toradora just means a lot to me. It was just like an experience unlike any other I had with anime. And that it being just like a wonderful show itself just put it at number three. Number two. Probably a very popular pick. Probably in a lot of top tens, a lot of top fives, maybe even top ones. And that's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's number one on Mal for a reason. I think it has very few flaws. 
I think it's the story that it tells in 64 episodes is full and complete, which is really well done for the type of story that it told. I think it was very intricate in how it handled everything throughout the entire story. I love Edward. I, I'm a maybe a hot take. I like Alphonse more than Edward. I'm a huge Alphonse fan. Uh, him and Roy Mussing are probably my two favorite characters in the show. Roy Mussing is so good. But like how many like memorable things do we have just based off the characters alone in Full Metal Alchemist? Edward, Winry, Alphonse. Riza Hawkeye, Roy Mustang, both Armstrongs, Mace Hughes, Shaw Tucker, General or Fuhrer Bradley, the Seven Sins, Pride, oh Lost with Roy Mustang. It was such a fun scene. Greed, just the Ish Fallen, Scar, like like the list. It just goes on and on about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, if you have the show, this show is like an eight, at least an eight or higher. It should be on, like, everyone's list. Because I, I don't really know the flaws of this show to me. I remember watching it on Toonami. This is when I did not watch anime at all. It was like two, thir- I still remember this. I was like 2009, 10-ish. I was probably 18 or 19. It was on Toonami. And I remember the tank scene where they're going up the Capitol in a tank. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought anime was for nerds. And then I watched all of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And then I never watched anime after that. It was really weird. But that just shows, like, how good of a story is where I just never watched anime. And it. And then I rewatched it when I did watch anime. I'm like, this is so gas. Like, it was. It was my number one for like the longest time and it's just a great show. I'm assuming everybody has seen it except for Johnny for some reason who refuses to watch one of the greatest shows ever made, which is his loss. Well, we made it to the end. It's been about two and a half hours ish. The over under was three and a half hours. I kind of sped through it. In some parts, not not a lot of rants, but my throat is killing me. Uh, but I'm happy I did this. This was a lot of fun. We'll get to my, my number one drum roll. It's Violet Evergarden. Um, this show meant more to me at a time of my life than any other show ever. And this is including the movie that came out this year. It's it episode episode seven hurt. Episode ten like legit fucked me up. Um, it was when my dad passed away, and I was going through it was it was tough. And I watched that episode, and it was it just reminded me of like so many things that that was happening in my life before and after and just like, just changed like an outlook of my life. And not only that, just the entire show itself of the character of Violet in her circumstances and overcoming. It's why I love berserk. I also think I subconsciously people have pointed out that I have like a fetish with people who lost their hands. Cause like my top three franchises are, Berserk, Violet, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. 
So uh, maybe it's just a thing of people losing their hands. <laughs> I like the show so much, but um, just just a masterpiece of like animation uh, for like the technical side, the soundtrack, the character design, the wardrobe design in this show is like the best in, I've ever seen, and just how the characters are and their environment is just so well done and. I love Violet. It's really tough. I haven't gone back to watch it because I think, I don't think I'm mentally there yet, but I remember going to see the movie in, I think it was April. And when that, that was like social distance. So it was like every other chair was not taken and you had to wear a mask the entire time. And I remember crying so hard in my mask that my glasses fogged up so much and I couldn't see the movie, but I couldn't stop crying. So I missed like four minutes of the movie because I couldn't see. And I think that just like shows to me how impactful the story was to me and why it's my number one. Because when something does that to you, it's special. It's, it's unlike anything like I've gone I've seen in like mediums because I compare a lot of times I compare anime to music and a lot of times there's like a song that resonates with somebody or there's an artist or a band where you hear them and it brings back something or like it changes you I, I mean I like I know people who like a certain band has like inspired them to be like the person that they are or changed their life or like you know, like, and when we're in high school, like, maybe, like, emo bands will, like, change your wardrobe. And then because of that, it, like, changes a bunch of stuff. And that's what Violet Evergarden was to me, was just having that impact of a franchise just wrap, wrap its ideolo like, ideology in my brain. And I think about it. And it's more than just a show. It's like a message. It's like, I don't know. It's it's something special where it's like, I can't put it into words. But like, I think about it a lot. And that's what Violet Evergarden is to me. It's just, it's like, I don't know. I guess I'm not like the most religious guy, but I guess it'd be like, I would like compare it to like being religious and like having like God with you. I'm not saying that Violet Evergarden is God. That's what maybe that's a, that's actually an awful example, but hopefully you get like what I'm thinking. It's just like, it has that effect on things in my life, I guess where it's not there, but it is. And it's just like a message. It's not, it's nothing like it. It's, it's no like personal relationship that I've had with a person. It's not to like that level where that like changed my life. It's just like an idea or like words to live by, you know, like seize the day. Like people have seized the day, like tattooed on their arm. Like that message is just like, let's, let's take into account of like what's happening. Let's make the most of it. And that's like, kind of like what Violet messages is to me. It's like overcome what you're going through because there's a world out there that's wonderful. And like, that's what I like about Violet. So if you made it this far, Thank you. That was that was a lot of fun. That's that's gonna be the end of the episode. If you are interested in joining our Discord, links in the description below. 
Uh, we have like social media. If you're like on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Otherwise, man, I did a lot of talking, so I'm probably going to be done for a bit. But if you're interested in group discussions, we also bi weekly uh, group discussion thing called Anime Watch Club. Next week, we are watching a show called 91 Days. And then the following week, I think I'm going to be doing part one of the current season's review. There's, there's a handful of shows that will be wrapped up by then. And I watched like 20 shows. So probably going to do like 10-ish shows on that review. So if you're looking forward to that, that'd be great. If you are listening on like YouTube where we have visual content, if you like, comment, subscribe, that's like the best way to support the podcast. If you're listening to us on like Spotify, there's like a follow feature that helps us. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you leave like a review or a five-star rating, that type of stuff, that's the best way to support us. We don't have like a Patreon. That's all I ask if you'd like to support us. Uh, if you are looking to talk, like I said before, join our Discord. We're very active. We have a whole bunch of stuff going on. But thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for helping me celebrate 100 episodes of What Do You Say Anime. Didn't think this was going to happen. We're here. I'm Here's to, I'm out of water, but cheers. Here's to another 100 episodes. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.